He reminded them that the bread that their forefathers ate in the wilderness, that their forefathers, they're dead. He said it twice. Your forefathers ate bread in the wilderness and they're dead. And the people, they were actually desiring the wilderness bread, a bread that ultimately led to death. And Jesus was offering the bread of life, a bread that leads to life. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today, closing out chapter 6 of John's Gospel, titled this, The Bread of Life. John chapter 6, we'll be looking at verses 41 through 71. And we learned as we got into John chapter 6 that this chapter was a transition as far as the theologians are concerned. It had closed out the year of popularity with the beheading of John the Baptist. And it was upon hearing the news that John was dead that Jesus went to get away to be with his disciples. But the people followed him. And having compassion upon the people, Jesus taught and healed them when we combine the four Gospels together. We discover that he spent the day teaching them, he spent the day healing them, and then at the close of the day, he fed them. And we know this is the feeding of the 5,000, and it is one of two miracles that all four Gospels record. The other miracle is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so this is significant, the feeding of the 5,000. But only John records the day after, on the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat. They started looking for Jesus. It was in the morning. It was time for breakfast. They were hungry again. They started looking for Jesus, and they knew that Jesus had sent away his disciples in the only boat that was available on the seashore that night, Boats from Tiberias came and they entered the boats. They went to the home base where Jesus had headquartered himself during the year of popularity there at Capernaum. And this is where they found Jesus and Jesus began to teach them. It's a discourse that closes out in verse 59, which we'll read today, that says these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. And so he had a rather large discourse with the people there in the synagogue of Capernaum. This is significant in the sense that Jesus was seen as a a rabbi, a teacher, and he was even teaching in the synagogues. 
Jesus taught in the synagogue. It's kind of cool that they have unearthed the foundation and even stood up some of the stones. And so they know the foundation is the same foundation of the synagogue in Capernaum because of the material that it was built out of. Now they've stood up some of those stones. So when tourists come, you can actually sit in the synagogue. And it's kind of cool to contemplate that Jesus actually taught in this place. But today we're going to learn of Jesus' teaching. He's already introduced it, of himself being the bread of life. I titled the message, The Bread of Life, from John 6, 41 through 71. And today we're going to see kind of the question, the son of Joseph or the son of God, verses 41 through 47. The bread of the wilderness or the bread from heaven, verses 48 through 58. The words of the flesh or the words of the spirit, verses 59 through 66. And the 11 who believed versus the one who deceived, verses 67 through 71. And let's go ahead and read our first point and open in prayer, verses 41 through 47. It tells us the Jews then murmured against Jesus because he said, I came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father, comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And Father, we pray that you would just open our hearts to receive from your word. This day we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the son of Joseph or the son of God, that was the debate that was going on there in the synagogue of Capernaum. While Jesus was teaching, the people began to uh, murmur among themselves. And, and it was because Jesus in this discourse repeatedly claimed deity by proclaiming that he had come from heaven. It began in verse 38, where he said, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who has sent me. And so he had repeatedly claimed deity, that he had come from God. He proclaimed himself as the bread of life. And also that by hearing his teachings, the people had been actually taught by God. They were hearing the very words of God. And he even promised them everlasting life. And Jesus spoke the truth, but the people were unwilling to receive the truth. They were murmuring among themselves. And here was the problem. They knew where Jesus had grown up. They knew that he was Jesus of Nazareth. And they said, we know his father and his mother. Of course, they thought they knew the father, but they had that one wrong. They knew his earthly father, Joseph. They knew his earthly mother, which was his mother, Mary but also that he was known as the carpenter, Jesus, the carpenter. They knew his brothers and sisters. And here's one of those rare things that is introduced in the Gospels, that we know that Jesus had brothers 
They are named for us, four of them, but never any sisters are named, but there is a recognition, his brothers and his sisters. And Jesus would respond to his rejection in Nazareth with this truth in Mark 6, 4 through 6. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there, he was referring to Nazareth except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. But it was here almost two years later. Still people had unbelief. He went from the year of popularity to what they call uh, this year of obscurity, where the people turned. And this passage is a turning point in Jesus's ministry, where a majority of the people began to reject him as the Messiah. And so being taught by God in verses 43 through 47, we find that Jesus knew that they had murmured among themselves. And he went on and said, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up in the last day. And he goes on to say that the prophets even testified of this, that you shall be taught by God. The murmuring of the people reminds us that Jesus knows all things. He called them out for it. I'm sure they weren't at this point murmuring. That gives the idea that they were speaking in whispers among themselves, a little uh, murmur, murmur in the back of the room. You can't really hear what the people might be saying, but Jesus calls them out on it. It reminds us in Hebrews 4.13 that there is no creature hidden from his sight, that all things are naked and open to the eyes of him and to whom we must give account. But also that Jesus revealed that by coming to him in life-saving faith, it's a supernatural work of God. He said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, it's a supernatural work of God. It's not an accident uh, coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes it may seem like we mistakenly came upon faith, maybe in your story, but no one mistakenly comes to Jesus. No one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws him. In 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it tells us, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It, it kind of helps me in knowing that when you're talking to someone else about faith issues, that you're not on your own. The Spirit of God is working with you. Whether the person receives Jesus or not, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. God drawing that individual. And we can be part of the process. And we can be thankful that we're part of the process, even if they reject what we have to say. Because you never know the seeds that are being planted while you're speaking to someone about Jesus. And so the work of Jesus in our lives, it, it's not only for this life, but it continues on into everlasting life. He said in verse 44, I will raise them up in the last day. He said in verse 47, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And so it's not just for this world only, but on into everlasting life. And the apostle John would later write in 1 John 5, 12 through 13, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. 
These things I've written to you that you might believe in the name of the Son of God and that you might know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You have life. Notice he he puts it in the present tense, not in the future tense. John doesn't say that if you believe in the Son that you will have life and that you might know that one day you'll have life, but you have it. You have that life right now. And Jesus proclaiming in this passage that they shall be taught by God. He used prophecy to reveal this to the people. Have you not read? And the prophets had said that they shall be taught by God. And God has given us his word. And we've been given the Holy Spirit of God to help guide us into all truths. And we've been given men and women of faith to help us to understand God's word. To know how we ought to walk and to please God. But we have been taught by God. God has given us for Jesus in that day. They had the living God before them. For us today, we can have God's living word. And the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to teach us. The word of God in Hebrews 10, 16 and 17, it reminds us this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds. I will write them and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. God says, I'll put my law right into their hearts and in their minds. I will write the law of God. He teaches us. It's a spiritual thing. But also Isaiah 54, 13 reminds us all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be. The peace of your children. Hey, when we get God's word into our hearts and think of that passage, that prophecy, all your children whistled that one out. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. How important it is for us to share the love of Jesus Christ to our children in our homes that they might know the peace of God. We live in a world that's troubling and there is not a lot of peace in this world today. A man is searching for peace and they're even looking for someone who can bring peace. We have a president now who is known for making deals. And in February, he said the probably the toughest deal in the world is peace in the Middle East. He acknowledged it. The toughest deal that could possibly be made is peace in the Middle East. And I heard him say it on a live broadcast in February. And it's just like, yeah, man, that's scripture. Because there is someone who is coming, who is going to offer a peace plan for seven years. He's known as the Antichrist. But God can give us peace. And your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. One of the staff writers for Insight for Living, he wrote concerning this question, was Jesus a good man or the God man? This is a a small paragraph from that article. Most opinions about Jesus fit into one of two categories. Jesus was human or divine. Either he was a good man or the God man, a remarkable historical figure or deity in the flesh. You may be near the edge of your own decision regarding Jesus, 
weighing the views on either side, but uncertain whether which way to lean. How can you find the answer to the question, who is Jesus? A good place to begin is with Jesus' own claims. What did Jesus say about himself? And that's what we're looking at when we look into the word of God, especially here in the Gospels. What did Jesus say about himself? And in this passage, he claimed deity, that he is the God-man. And so is Jesus the son of Joseph or is he the son of God? And it's a question that we each must answer. Secondly, we discover the the bread of the wilderness or the bread of heaven. In verses 48 through 58, context tells us, verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him, as the living Father sent me. And I live because of the Father who sent me feeds on me, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So we find here the question, is Jesus the bread of the wilderness or the bread from heaven? And Jesus declaring, I am the bread of life. And here we find the first of the seven I am statements of Jesus Christ. He actually said it in verse 35 as well. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And then he begins in verse 48 again, I am the bread of life. We find in Jesus' teaching in this discourse that he repeated himself on a few of these issues. And this is one of them. Twice he said, I am the bread of life. Another thing that he repeated himself on is found in verse 48 and verse 58. He reminded them that the bread that their forefathers ate in the wilderness, that their forefathers, they're dead. He said it twice. Your forefathers ate bread in the wilderness and they're dead. And the people, they were actually desiring the wilderness bread, a bread that ultimately led to death for those who ate it. And Jesus was offering the bread of life, a bread that leads to life. But this is the first of the I am declarations. I am the bread of life found in chapter 6, verses 35 and 48. And then we find the other six I am declarations. He says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. In John 10, verses 7 and 9, I am the gate or the door for the sheep. In John 10, verses 11 and 14, I am the good shepherd. 
In John 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in John chapter 15, verses 1 and 5, he repeats these things a few times. I am the true vine. The seven I am declarations of Jesus that John recorded for us. He also, it's interesting that he only recorded seven miracles as well. He records seven miracles. He records seven I am statements and seven we know being the number of perfection or completion. I think John felt that it was enough to convince his readers, as he said in John 20, 31, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. But they they sought for physical bread. They it was the following day they had been fed by Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000. They show up the next day wanting more food, but it was, it was physical bread, not the spiritual bread that he was trying to give them. And he reminded them that those who ate that bread in the wilderness, they're all dead. He said it twice. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 5, Paul writes concerning those who are in the wilderness. He says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock which followed them and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And so often we have people in this life to this day, they're seeking Jesus for the physical advantage in this life that they can gain perhaps when Jesus all along is wanting to bring a a spiritual awareness, awakening that leads into everlasting life. He declares that he's the bread of heaven in verse 51 and 52 saying that I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And he's talking about his sacrifice upon the cross that the Jews could not comprehend at this point. You know, at this point, Jesus hadn't even shared with his disciples, the 12, that he was going to die in Jerusalem. He hadn't began sharing that with his disciples, but this is some of the earlier teachings that he was going to die when he began sharing about the consuming his body and drinking his blood. In Luke 9, verses 21 and 22, we have Jesus sharing with his disciples the very first time about his death. He strictly warned them, commanded them to tell no one, saying that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised up on the third day. That was the first time that he shared And we find it in Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel as well. He shared three times with his disciples about his forthcoming death, but he hadn't done this at this point yet. And so this is some earlier teaching, something he hadn't even shared with the 12. And the Jews were thinking cannibalism. How can we eat his flesh and drink his blood? That's gross. And Jesus was speaking about communion. There's a difference, cannibalism, communion. Not the physical act of 
eating the body and blood, but the spiritual act of receiving the bread and the cup, partaking spiritually of the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection in faith in the name of Jesus. Paul spoke about this in Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, where he said, Do you not know that as many of you were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism of death, just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so that we should walk in newness of life. He's talking about a spiritual work that God does, this act of communion. Father, we thank you for your word and for what it teaches us. And I pray that we are, Lord, those who, through faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, we have believed and we've come to know you as the Lord and Savior of our lives, that we might feed upon the spiritual truth of the body and blood of Christ, that through you, Lord Jesus, that we find healing, forgiveness of sin, and everlasting life, that we have everlasting life. And we give you thanks for that. This day, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.